It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends. And welcome back to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast, talking real estate around the UAE and available on Spotify and Apple or wherever you get your good podcasts from. And another Saturday morning. Yes, the weekend is here and today is October the 14th. Not a lot left in 2023. And coming up in just a moment, we have got our panel waiting because it's the Saturday morning property market updates. Every week, of course, we take a look back and what is happening in the market and what are those talking points. I have to say the Arabian business this week reported on Dubai's commercial real estate crisis, and it is a bit of a crisis. Dubai has witnessed a substantial 23% surge in demand demand for commercial office space in the first half of 2023. That was reported by Knight Frank. However, the surge in demand does actually get worse. There is a major spike up to 300% over the last 24 months, which is causing significant concern, as you could imagine, for commercial tenants. So I'll come to you, Mario. Bit of a worry, this one. Yeah, definitely. And and I think it's important for the listeners to understand that uh, despite many, many episodes that we talked about what's going on in the residential rental market, it gets mirrored on the commercial side as well. As more and more people come to live in, to, live in Dubai and obviously seek a place where they have to uh, find as a home, often, especially if they are, as you said before, small businesses or, or working for companies that are just opening up, they need office space. So this mirroring of uh, of a crisis, if you like, of prices going up and having difficulty to find uh, specifically A-grade offices, we saw that with the DIFC launch of the residential, all because around there is all commercial. So the commercial space is, uh, is suffering. But what is really important to note, uh, and you mentioned about uh, at the end of their tenancy, you know, landlords uh, evicting tenants, the real estate rental law in Dubai on the commercial side do follow the same pattern as the residential side. So it isn't as easy as some landlords think to actually just evict a commercial tenant. So yes, it is a real problem and it's and we're struggling because we have many people who want to find these units. It's the Saturday morning property market update. Join us for a deep dive into the world of real estate on the Dubai Property Podcast. And just to highlight just how difficult it it is in this commercial space. Michael, you have been for some time been trying to lock in a commercial unit for a client of yours. So tell us what's been happening in that space. Yeah, absolutely, Craig. Um, I couldn't agree with Arabian Business's findings anymore. And off the back of what Mario said, I actually have a Chinese client of mine. He's in the fintech industry. We've been searching for about six months for a full floor office for him in a downtown business Bay Area. And we just can't find it, Craig, you know. A lot of the businesses that are in there, you know, they're opting to go for long-term leases when they're renewing, so four or five years. And as Mario mentioned, it's the same laws governing the, the commercial sector as it is the residential sector. So there's a lot less stock available. And of course, the prices are going through the roof. So, And it doesn't look like uh, the amount of businesses that are pouring in is slowing down either. So yeah, there's definitely a, a bit of a crisis at the moment. 
And let's go to you, Raunak, because you had a bit of an incident here where a client who believes in numerology wanted to use that as a way to negotiate the price. Now, this is novel, very, very different. So how did this client negotiate with you, Raunak, on the price? I've had this client and they were looking for, you know, an apartment in JLT about, and they wanted to do like something related to numerology. So what numerology is firstly is, you know, it's like a study of numbers. If it adds up to a certain number, it's considered lucky. Or and if it adds up to some other number, then it's considered unlucky. For her, the unlucky number was eight. Apartment price was 1.45. So she firstly started negotiating on the price. And when the seller came down to the price of 1.43, what she actually said is that the numbers 1, 4, and 3 add up to 8, uh, which is considered very unlucky. So she's like, there's no way I'm closing a deal on um, 1.43 million. After negotiating more, the price actually came down to 1.4. It was funny because we we're going to sign a contract and uh, we were going to sign the contract on the 8th, actually. She didn't want to sign it that day because, again, it's considered unlucky. <laughs> Uh, so she she was like, you know what, I'll sign the contract either on the 7th or I'll sign it on the 9th. We ended up signing the contract on 9th. And her only thing after that was uh, the day of the transfer, like when the property gets transferred to her. It shouldn't be on any days that add up to eight. I know about numerology because a lot of Bollywood stars in India use this as a way to like, you know, uh, drop a letter on the name. Because again, if it's the combination of your name as well, uh, the numbers that add up to it. <laughs> Me and the seller, we were just like, okay, fine. I mean, that's, that's a new tactic. It's very serious, isn't it? They take this sort of thing extremely, whether it's the Vastu or whether it's numerology, it's so ingrained that something could go wrong, get a bit of bad luck in this case, or perhaps it was just a wonderful way to drive the price down. <laughs> the way she portrayed it, it was like very serious and she has, she believes in it. But again, I mean, someone can use it as a way to negotiate on the price. Look, most of the Indians uh, I know... As well, because you know, I have relatives and my friends and my family friends and everyone, they use Vastu a lot, but numerology is something which is used by a handful of people in the Indian community, but it's still there and people still use it. It's a good way to negotiate on the price. Also, Craig, uh, just slightly off tangent, but still in the same sort of sphere. This week, I spoke to a, a chap, an Indian chap, who is very heavily into his Vastu uh, compliance. Now, we spoke about this also uh, in past episode. Vastu is, again, this science where, you know, doors and, and sort of windows have to face a certain way for, for the occupant to feel that uh, it will be an auspicious place to live and bring good luck. This, what I didn't realize is this chap was telling me that there are their own Vastu uh, criteria. So it isn't just like Vastu compliance, like a one size fits all. This chap was so fed up of going to view properties that nearly had what he wanted in terms of the compliance. So what he's decided to do, he's reached out to me, he said, Mario, I want to buy a house. Uh, what's more important, it's, it's the size of the plot because he's going to demolish the house that he's buying to then build another house that will be totally compliant as per his Vastu strategy, if you like. So I thought that that was a very interesting thing and how, how people will go to these lengths, actually, to ensure that not only the location is where they want to be, but that 
the property they're actually going to be living in is absolutely perfect for them. Yeah, and I, I think that there will be people that were thinking, well, well, just how serious is that? And you've really highlighted just how serious somebody can be, and they take it extremely serious. And there's a lot of money involved with what you've just described. There is, and actually, I didn't mention, but I, I'll mention it now. I mean, th- this chap has a budget of a hundred million dirhams. I mean, this is a serious wow. wedge of cash, and and then of course, on top of that, don't forget that he will then have to build the build the property, which no doubt is going to cost uh, you know a very large sum as well. I mean, whilst he's got this sum, I don't think he will need to spend that much. I think he'll need to spend probably around fifty odd million, so perhaps half of that, and just highlights exactly how important uh, the, the buyers are when it comes to their own criteria. I wonder if there is such a thing as a Vastu Grand Master. Perhaps you could be that. Actually, there must be, because I know there is there is a feng shui grandmaster, because I've had people actually say <laughs> that they send the floor plans to them, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I'm sure it does exist, but I'm not sure I'm the right person, though. Navigate the world of real estate like a pro with expert insights, opinions and trends to up your game and knowledge when buying your next property. And in real estate, there is always trends for real estate agents to keep pace of one step ahead. And if, if you don't, you could be missing out on servicing people who might be on that trend of buying for a particular reason. And Michael, you made the decision to shift from your area of focus in terms of sales from apartments in JLT to another area. So tell us a little bit more about what's been happening with you with regard to that. To be honest, I've noticed a trend over the last few months. I've obviously sold a lot of apartments in JLT to investors, a lot of UK individuals, Europeans, and some referrals have been coming through. Referrals are great for agents, of course, but a lot of them are actually for end users who are seeking a townhouse or a villa uh, to live in themselves as they move their businesses and their families over. So I start getting the request so often, I've actually made the decision to, to move over into a villa community and kind of focus my efforts there for a while. Uh, rather than kind of, you know, working with other agents. I moved over to Jumeirah Park now, standalone villa starting at 5 million up to 15 million. And it's helping me to, you know, secure the the properties that my clients are actually looking for. So yeah, it's definitely a trend that's been increasing over the last year or two. And uh, the trend continues. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a completely different animal, isn't it? When you go to Jumeirah Park and you're in the, the villa space, there is a different clientele and a much larger space of area that you're selling. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, a lot of the newer communities by some of the biggest developers, they're getting a little bit smaller, a little bit more contemporary. The villas are absolutely massive. Most of them are coming with a pool, very central, easy access. So, you know, these older communities, when I say old, only about a decade old, they're really in demand now. You know, they don't make them like this anymore. So it's definitely kind of the first option for for a family who's coming here looking for something super spacious um, in a very central area. So, yeah, it's a different animal altogether. And also something that happened this week. Now, you're dealing with somebody who was gifted a property. Tell us a little bit about what's happened there, because I think uh, they're looking at selling and buying something else. Right. So actually, a lot of a lot of individuals bought these villas um, at the time that they were built and they would have bought them for maybe three or four million. And in the decades since that, you know, the appreciation on them has gone through the roof. 
So one lady, she's a Russian lady. She reached out to me and she was actually left at the villa as a gift last year by her father who passed on. So she lives in Russia. The villa is standing empty. His cars are there. There's a Porsche and a Nissan and, you know, all of his furniture, everything is there. And she basically said, look, I want to sell everything. I'm going to include the cars with the villa. You know, absolutely everything that's there, fully furnished. I just want to sell it all as a package. So that was something interesting that came up. So I've called around and had a look at the villa and we're just kind of going through what we're going to include and what we're going to kind of help her out in in offloading another way. That is tricky because people have their own personal taste when it comes to furniture, but I think people will know that they're getting something at a little bit of a bargain because if it's all being thrown in, you are probably not really paying for the furniture and the cars. It's almost like that's a bonus. Absolutely. And you're, and you're dead right. Usually when someone moves into a villa like this, you know, they have big renovation plans themselves anyway. But this particular villa, actually, it's officially the largest plot in Jumeirah Park. It's, it's around 10,000, 11,000 square foot. It's massive. All right, let's change tact now because I want to come back to Rownack because this is quite interesting. This week you heard from one of our listeners. They travelled all the way from Los Angeles and I was only talking a couple of days ago about an email that we got from a couple of our listeners in California. So we know that they are there. So what happened here, Rownack? They got in touch with you from Los Angeles. They listened to the podcast and they were looking to buy. Exactly, Craig. So I had one of the guys uh, reach out to me from Los Angeles and his main goal was to buy a property that will appreciate in value and in the future he can resell that property. So I advised him to invest in an offland project and after checking out like several areas like Dubai Hills, Maidan, Marina, Imara Beachfront, we actually ended up settling in Maritime City as a location. So I took him over there. He really fell in love with the location with the sea view and the marina over there. And we ended up going for the Danube's project, which is called Oceans, because the payment plan attracted him towards that project, the 1% monthly payment plan. He said, in his words, that he is a guinea pig and he has a group of friends that invest in other countries as well. And he takes the first step. So this was his first step to invest in Dubai. And if it all goes good, then he'll have his friends follow and invest in something as well in Dubai. So it was all thanks to you, Mario, and the Dubai Property Podcast. And by the way, I actually got him a studio in the building, which is only one of four. So the appreciation on that is going to be really great. Well, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? He said that he was the guinea pig out of his friends who are also investors. So they sent him off as the guinea pig to test the market. Exactly. So they've done that for him. Uh, I mean, he's done that in Istanbul as well. So he was the first one to invest in Istanbul. And when the prices went up over there, then his friends as well invested there as well. So this is what he's expecting from the Dubai's market as well, which is obviously going to happen in the next few years when the price appreciates because Maritime City is, again, like we've said in many podcasts before as well, that it's like the next beachfront. And uh, looking at beachfront and how they have appreciated, the expectation of Maritime City is also good and it's going to appreciate in value as well. And just tell us a little bit about that payment plan. You mentioned that it's 1%. Absolutely, Craig. So the thing is, uh, Danube, is known for their projects because they have this 1% payment plan. Uh, So basically what it is, is it's interest-free payment plan where you pay 10% down payment plus the 4% DLD and then another 10% in the next six months or two months, depending on the project. And then after that, you just continue paying 1% every month till the project is handed over to you 
After that, you have another 70, uh, because it's a 40% post handover payment plan. You pay that 40% again, 1% monthly, even after the handover. So once the property is being handed over to you, you can actually rent it out and you'll still be paying one 1%. And you say that that is across 40 months. Exactly. So it's 1% a month uh, and the rest 40% has to be paid after the handover. So which is per month, 1%, which comes up to 40 months. And of course, that is what it's all about. Remember that developers are making it as extremely tempting as they can. It's a seduction, much like bees to honey. And do let us know here at the Dubai Property Podcast if you too are going to be a guinea pig testing the UAE real estate market. All right then, Raunak, you have yourself a busy weekend and thanks for coming on. Thank you, Craig, and have yourself a great weekend as well and a great weekend to all your listeners. And Michael, uh, have a good weekend and uh, don't go taking those Porsches for any test drives. (laughs) I will, I will. Have a great weekend, Craig, and a great weekend for the listeners as well. Talk to you soon. And Mario, you too. Have a great day. Amazing, Craig. Thank you very much and have a great weekend to all the listeners. We are more than just a real estate podcast. We cover a multitude of subjects, including property data, current buyer-seller sentiment and the mood of the market. Follow each week all of the main talking points and know your property. The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. The Dubai Property Podcast for all things real estate.